Dan Dickow here on the Gonzaga Nation Media Network. This being a Monday, it's a WCC weekly update. Uh, If you've been listening lately, you've noticed that we've gone through each of Gonzaga's opponents in the WCC and kind of taken a quick look back at their past season as well as looking forward to this season. Key returning pieces, maybe some newcomers to keep an eye out, as well as a quick breakdown of their schedule. This week, we're going to take a look at the St. Mary's Gales. They have been as good as anybody in the West Coast, not just the West Coast Conference, but the West Coast. I'm including the Pac-12, the Mountain West, the WAC, the Big West, uh, the Big Sky, you name it. St. Mary's has been under the radar quite some time nationally. Anybody that knows the game of basketball at the college level knows that St. Mary's is pretty dang good. Gonzaga fans hate to admit this at times because they're really the only program that has given Gonzaga fits at times. Now, I'm not saying Gonzaga hasn't dominated the series because they have, but there have been games and teams within Randy Bennett's tenure that have been really, really good and teams that have beaten Gonzaga. I don't want to say easily, but they've beaten them uh, consistently at times. But uh, St. Mary's is a tremendous program led by Coach Randy Bennett, the second longest tenured coach in the WCC behind Mark Few. Uh They have been to the NCAA tournament a number of times. A season ago, they made it to the NCAA tournament where they were 26-8, and 12-3 in the West Coast Conference. In the NCAA tournament, they beat Indiana. Not only did they beat Indiana, they dismantled them. They dominated the Hoosiers of the Big Ten, went on to lose to UCLA in a tough second-round matchup. Um, But it was a typical St. Mary's basketball team a season ago in regards to what they've become. They initially were tremendous offensively, but over the last six or seven years, I think they've quietly become uh, really good on the defensive end, a lot like Gonzaga where, you know, you think of them offensively first, but then if you take a little deeper dive at the numbers, you realize they've also become a really good defensive team. Uh, St. Mary's was that last year. They were really good defensively taking you away from your strengths whenever they forced their opponents into about 42% from the field. Now, a season ago, they needed that because St. Mary's wasn't offensively as good last year as they've been. There's been years where St. Mary's is flirted with shooting 50% from the field. They've led the country in field goal percentage, I believe, in the last six, seven years or so. Um, But a season ago, they shot it at 46%. uh, And when you take a deeper look at the defensive end on the floor, They are one of the best in the country at not allowing their opponent to make three-pointers. Only five made threes per game uh, from their opponents a season ago. Uh, The other reason that St. Mary's is so good is um, on the defensive end, they make you shoot everything over a contested hand. So they're not going to get out and pressure you so they don't turn you over and get easy opportunities uh, for themselves on the offensive end. But what they do on the offensive end, when they have the ball, they don't beat themselves. They are one of the best in the country at not turning it over. Uh, A season ago, they only turned it over uh, around 11 times a game. So literally one of the best teams in the country at not turning it over. They do it because guys buy into Randy Bennett's system. They understand his system. Randy Bennett does a great job of recruiting to his system and then developing within his system. Uh, which uh, holds a lot of pick and rolls uh, and then changing and manipulating the the angles and the spacing in those pick and rolls. And the better teams that they've had have done that 
while having a great interior presence, whether it's a Jock Landale from years ago, whether it's an Omar Samhan, uh, Matthias Toss, who's now gone, uh, was a serviceable, bill, serviceable big on the interior. A big piece this year will be, does Mitchell Saxon grow into that role as a junior? Um, but we'll take a quick look at the losses from a season ago. I mentioned Matthias Toss. Uh, he was their leading scorer a season ago. Um, he kind of was that low post presence um, that they would be able to throw the ball to. And he was just good enough where you really had to key in on him. You might not double him, but you're going to be aware of him when he gets the ball in the low block. You're going to dig, maybe show uh, a possible double just to get him uh, uh, a little uncomfortable. Um, wasn't a big time score, but he led them in scoring because they gave him space and you had to worry about a lot of other guys on St. Mary's. You had to worry about Logan Johnson, Tommy Cousy, who I'll talk about in a second, Alex Dukas, Kyle Bowen. They have pieces that fit so unbelievably well together. And then when you have that spacing, uh, a big has time on the low block to go to work. And so uh, it'll be interesting to see how they replace Matthias Toss because he was efficient, shot it at nearly 56, 57 percent from the field. The biggest loss, though, in my eye, in my eyes, is going to be Tommy Cousy. It seemed as if he was in Moraga forever, six years, so that's quite a while. Started as a walk-on, started as a redshirt, earned his way, became a starter, actually lost a starting role partially through uh, last season. A lot of it was due to his play. Some of the play, it was due to the potential of freshman uh, Augustus Marcellonis, but at the end of the day, Tommy Cousy was their best player. He is uh, he signed a free agent contract with the Spurs where he's got a chance to make their team, if not, has a chance to be on their G League team. But, you know, they started and ended uh, their run towards the end of the year with their games in the NCAA tournament and the WCC by putting the ball in Cousy's hands, putting him in space, in pick and rolls, giving him freedom and the ability to create. And he really did that a season ago. Uh, from the point guard position in St. Mary's system, he has had the head, the ball in his hands a ton. Shot 49% from the field, about 45% from three. Uh, he had a really nice assist to turnover ratio. Um, he was he was a big time player uh, for St. Mary's that they're going to have to figure out how to replace. When you look at the key pieces that are returning, um, Logan Johnson is key piece number one. Um, he gets lost in the shuffle or he did a, a season ago a little bit simply because, um, toss was their leading scorer and Kuzi did so many things. And then you always seem to talk about the Australian connection for St. Mary's, but Logan Johnson, um, has put together a, a nice career at St. Mary's after transferring from Cincinnati. He's a lefty kind of slender, athletic, slithery guard. Who's a really good defender really good defender on ball. He's sneaky in the passing lanes, um, but offensively uh, he's good enough in the pick and roll to be create problems to score for himself, make plays for the others. He's a better shooter than you would give him credit for when you look at the numbers. Um, but really season ago, average about 12 points a game. I would expect him to be their leading scorer this year. Um, and if not, he's going to be probably their second leading scorer, but a lot of things are going to be run through Logan Johnson this year. Uh, another key piece, a guy that I've I've thought has been a a unsung hero for for St. Mary's the last couple of years, battled injuries a little bit, but when he's healthy uh, and he's aggressive, 
he's a difference maker. And that's Alex Dukas, uh, one of the Australians in that pipeline that's come to, to the East Bay. He averaged about 10 points a game a season ago. Uh, he's got great size on the wing. He's got great shooting touch. His IQ and his savvy, uh, I think, are really what sets him apart. He he makes the game easier for others because he can shoot it. Defense has got to guard him so he can space it. And then he's really crafty when he puts the ball on the deck. He's crafty with his off-ball cuts. Uh, really good player, Alex Dukas. Uh, next guy that I think is a key piece, and it's because he showed flashes a season ago. Uh, he had a really nice game against Gonzaga at St. Mary's. Uh, that last week or so of the regular season, um, he's got a chance, I think, to 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 be a really big player for them this year. And that would be Mitchell Saxon on the interior. Um, you know, bigs typically tend to take longer to develop than guards. Um, Randy Bennett's shown that he has had patience with his bigs that he's recruited and developed. And it's paid off many times before. It will be it'll be interesting to see if Saxon follows the same trajectory as a lot of other St. Mary's bigs in kind of becoming a key focal point of their offenses last season or two uh, in college. Another key returning piece, Augustus Marshallunas, um, he showed flashes a season ago. They started him a lot. They, then they brought him off the bench. Um, there's been high hopes for him. Uh, he spends a lot of time playing for his Lithuanian national team. Um, he's got big expectations, high expectations. Um, and maybe those expectations were a little higher last year than they should have been. Um, but I would expect him to be look much more comfortable this season running the show uh, as a point guard when the, when it's decision-making time. But I also think he has the potential and he's wired to score a little bit. So uh, he's going to be a, a, a guy that definitely is going to bring a lot of attention. Uh, the two newcomers that really uh, I'm interested to see how they fit with St. Mary's and St. Mary's is one of those programs where um, not all that often do you see a freshman step in uh, and play minutes, let alone major minutes. You kind of learn what's expected at St. Mary's. You, you earn your minutes and then you grow from there once you earn Randy Bennett's trust. But there's two, two freshmen that, that I think are uh, definitely interesting to keep an eye out. One, a guard, Aiden Mahoney, from uh, right around St. Mary's campus. Uh, he's a point guard that I've heard has a tremendous IQ. He's got the ability uh, to make plays and pick and rolls with all the different passes that are needed, make all the correct reads. So he could shoot it a little bit as well. And then the other freshman I think has a lot of potential um, is from the state champs uh, in the state of Nevada, Liberty High School, and that's Josh Johnson. He's a, a bigger wing. He's skilled. He values winning. Uh, and I got a chance to meet his high school coach last spring. And he, he's basically just said he makes the game easy on others. And when you have a guy like that at the college level um, going into a, a really good program in St. Mary's, those are the kind of guys that I think can kind of really fill gaps, fill holes, earn themselves some minutes early in a career. We look at the non-conference for the Gales uh, years ago, you know, they were basically talked about in saying a lot of people from an outsider's perspective would say man, they played nobody in the non-conference. And a lot of times that actually was true. You would look at it. They'd be 11 and one heading into the into the WCC season. They may not have even played more than one or two away games uh, away from Moraga. Um, 
but that ended up hurting them on a couple occasions when they would have a great record, maybe a 25 and five record, but they would be left out of the NCAA tournament because their strength of schedule, which would then impact their quad one, quad two wins or opportunities for wins and their net ranking would really hurt them. I think over the last couple of years, they've addressed that. They've really made an effort to schedule more difficult and schedule better. And I think this is, this is a great opportunity year for them to really prove that and show that. They start with the first five games at home, um, which I, I I don't disagree with why you wouldn't want to do that and get off uh, to a, a good start with your program. But then I think you really see St. Mary's schedule pick up much more than that has in recent years. They play uh, Vanderbilt of the SEC in the Wooden Legacy. And then win or lose, they will play either Washington State out of the Pac-12 uh, or Fresno State, who has been really good in recent years um out of the mountain west they play a home game against new mexico the new mexico under richard patino uh played really good basketball at the end of last year they got a really good backcourt returning but i think with uh you know new mexico's brand uh out of the mountain west they've typically been a really good program that's a good game to bring to your home uh home arena uh and then the schedule gets really good for st mary's they play houston in December 3rd in Fort Worth. And I think they're going to learn a ton about where they're at at that point of the year. Uh, Houston, a lot of people are projecting them as a final four caliber team. I know some of these preseason early rankings have them in the top three, even Kelvin Sampson's a terrific coach. They've got some uh, all American type candidates uh, on that roster. So I think St. Mary's will learn a lot about themselves there. And then the schedule doesn't let up, which is, surprising if you look at their past scheduling um philosophies but as i said they're trending in the right direction of scheduling uh to make things difficult on themselves and really improving the net so their next so then they have four games against some really good teams san diego state out of the mountain west in phoenix at the jerry colangelo classic san diego state's a perennial uh Mountain West contender. They've been in the NCAA tournament a number of times. I would expect them to challenge for the Mountain West title this year. Then they play New Mexico State at home. They're they're in the WAC. They've been to the NCAA tournament a lot. They always challenge for the WAC title, so that's a good game. Then they play Colorado State. Colorado State was in the NCAA tournament a season ago. I don't know if they'll make it this year because they've lost David Roddy, but they've got a lot of good good key pieces, and they will be towards the top tier in the Mountain West. So that's another good home game. And then on the December 21st, they have another game in Phoenix against another Mountain West team that's going to challenge uh, for a uh, Mountain West title. And that would be Wyoming. Wyoming made the NCAA tournament a season ago. They've reloaded. They got their best two players back, and then they've reloaded with a number of transfers. So I would expect, um, you know, Wyoming to challenge in the Mountain West. So if you when you look at their non-conference, They've got some power five conference teams. They've got a possible final four team in Houston. Then you have teams that should be in the mix for their league titles and playing in the NCAA tournament. So overall, a really good schedule, uh, I think, for for St. Mary's. When you look at their conference, they will play Gonzaga twice. Uh, They're going to host Gonzaga February 4th, and then it's what – the WCC does a lot of times, and I think it's really fun and interesting, especially when St. Mary's is really good and challenging Gonzaga. 
um, the season ends with the regular season, February 25th in Spokane at McCarthy Athletic Center. So um, great season a year ago from the Gales getting to the second round of the NCAA tournament. I think they've got the potential and the opportunity to put together a really nice year if they can replace what Tommy Cousy gave them down the stretch. I think there's a lot of pieces. There's a lot of opportunity there. Um, but again, to me, they've been the second best team in the Mount easily in the WCC over the last 12, 15 years. But you could even say they've been one of the best teams on the entire West coast over that stretch as well. So appreciate you listening. Thanks for joining Gonzaga nation media network and our WCC weekly as we preview each team before we get to the regular season, which starts hard to believe. We're almost there the first week of November. So thanks for listening. Don't forget to follow us on all of our social media channels at Gonzaga nation, SI Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Take care. Have a great day.